Welcome to the Shoreline Maritime Risk Podcast. In each episode, we'll look at real-time case studies, current events, and speak to the experts dealing with critical risks at sea. What really happens when a crisis strikes at sea? And what can you do to protect your ship? Just before midnight on October the 3rd, 2020, the 10-year-old Maltese-flagged, Greek-owned Aframax tanker MV Syrah suffered an explosion and damage to her forward section whilst taken on crude at the Bir Ali Crude Single Boy Mooring, located in central Yemeni waters. The explosion was thought to have been caused by a sea mine or floating improvised explosive device. Today, Shoreline's Captain Thomas Brown was joined by Cormac McGarry and Ashley Halabi of control risks to analyze the news of this attack on one of Shoreline's client vessels. News reports have further suggested that significant pollution may have been caused by the explosion, whilst a number of floating objects reported in the vicinity of the tanker were reported to have subsequently exploded. This is a worrying development in maritime security for vessels navigating and operating within the Gulf of Aden and Yemeni waters. Shoreline acts as COFA guarantor for much of the petroleum cargo shipped from this part of the world to the US and hopes this podcast will provide useful insight and information to their clients operating in this really volatile part of the world. Okay, good morning. I'd like to introduce this, the uh, fourth in the series of Maritime Risk Podcasts. With the fast-moving security, maritime security situation in and around the Yemen, we have the opportunity to speak to two people who are very close to matters relating to this incident and have oversight of the geopolitical situation around the causes of the recent mine attack in Yemen. And they are our colleagues at Control Risks, Cormac McGarry and Ashley Halabi. So if I can ask Cormac and Ashley to make quick introductions, we can then get onto the subject matter of the recent attack on the oil tanker Syrah. How about you, uh, Cormac? Thanks, Tom, and it's good to be back on the podcast. My name is Cormac McGarry with the Global Specialist Risk Consultancy, Control Risks, where I head up our maritime security and intelligence services. And I have a very global remit over maritime security. And fortunately, when it comes to issues like this, I get to work with Control Risks, a wealth of country and regional analysts, one of which is Ashley. Hello, Thomas Cormac. Thanks for having me. So I'm a researcher with our Global Risks Analysis team, and I lead on Yemen and Lebanon specifically. Thank you for the introductions, uh, Cormac and Ashley. So the, the maritime airways have been lighting up recently with the recent mine attack, seaborne mine attack on the vessel Syrah, which we believe to be a, a Panamax oil tanker, which was loading oil of a single point mooring in the Bur Ali area of, of the Yemeni waters. This is very worrying for uh, many of Shipper Shoreline's clients. Obviously, as we were the COPA provider for much of this petroleum oil transportation from this area of the world back to the US. And of course, we are the insurers of, of the international cruise fleet. When they get back on the water, they could find themselves trading to Dubai and, and the Middle East and, and may have to transit these waters. So. For many of our clients, this, this recent, very worrisome development in maritime security is something that we should perhaps shine a spotlight on and, and, and gain a better understanding of why these sorts of situations are happening. 
So if we could go back to Cormac for a, a synopsis, that would be fantastic. Sure, and I think it's important to say from the outset, Tom, that we're not 100% sure that this was even a malicious uh, attack using a, a mine or device of any sort. There, there remains the possibility that this was an accidental explosion. However, there are certain facts and factors that do indicate that it was some kind of malicious assault using a sea mine or some kind of improvised explosive device against the vessel in question. So I guess a good way to start is just to say what we do know through the various open sources as, as well as closed sources. And what we do know is that on the night of October the 3rd, the Maltese flag crew tanker Sierra was subject to some kind of explosion while she was loading oil at the Alnashima export plant. The exact details of that exposure, explosion are still unknown and they haven't been released. What we do know is that the vessel suffered some damage likely to its ballast tanks that resulted in some level of spillage of product into the coastal area as well. And we also know that the vessel then proceeded uh, to the UAE where an investigation into exactly what happened is underway and the vessel is also uh, undergoing repairs. And if we are to assess whether this was an attack and who might be behind it, it's important to really understand Yemen in its full context, because Yemen, as we all know, is a war risk area, without doubt. But the same level of risk, war risk cannot be applied to every port in the country. It's a highly complex environment with multiple factions vying for control and vying for legitimacy. What happens in the Gulf of Aden coast of Yemen is in many ways occurring in a very different environment to what's happening on the Red Sea coast of Yemen, for example. To assess who might be behind this attack, and again, I say we're not 100% that it was an attack, but there are plenty of factors pointing towards that, that assessment. To understand the potential threat actors, I think it's first important to understand the general context of Yemen, who are the various factions there, and particularly in the area where the Sierra was attacked. And I think I'll hand over to Ashley to go through that because she's an expert in Yemen. But I think it's also important for me to mention that this incident did not happen in complete isolation. There is a history of maritime insecurity off Yemen as a result of the conflict in the country. There have been many attacks on vessels, particularly on the Red Sea coast of Yemen. But most recently, there was also a suspicious, a case of suspicious activity on the 4th of October in which the crew tanker Andromeda was approached by two skiffs uh, close to where the, the Sierra incident happened. And again, we cannot say with 100% certainty that what happened to the Andromeda was even a maritime security incident. What we know is that two skiffs approached the Andromeda and an armed security, on team, an armed security team on board fired warning shots and, and the incident ended there. But these incidents happened again within that uh, complex environment that is Yemen. So I think uh, it'd be good, Ashley, to hear from you, maybe the context of what's happening in Yemen. Yes, thanks, Gromak. In terms of the conflict in Yemen, there has been this conflict between the internationally recognized government of the Hadi uh, and the rebel Houthi movement. And so this conflict has been ongoing and it started uh, specific, specifically escalated in 2015 when the Saudi-led coalition intervened. And so why I mentioned that is because near the place where this incident that you mentioned on the 3rd of October happened, there have been some tensions. And specifically, there have been tensions 
among the anti-Hamzid coalition. And so just to give a bit of a background also on the anti-Hamzid coalition, this coalition uh, comprises the Hadi government and uh, a secessionist force called the SDC or the Southern Transitional Council. And the SDC was formed in 2017 and its main objective is to recreate the independent South Yemen state. The reason why I'm mentioning all this background is because the southern provinces in Yemen have experienced uh, significant tensions over the past few months, and specifically since 2019 as well, in August 2019. The SDC has been challenging the government on many occasions to try to undermine the Hadi government and try to establish itself as the main political actor in the south. And that is because they, like I mentioned, they seek to recreate this independent south and they seek to secede from the rest of Yemen. What has been happening in recent months, to fast forward a little bit since um, these tensions started, uh, is that the, the SDC and the Hadi government or forces aligned with the Hadi government have been clashing, specifically in Abiyan province, which is uh, nearby where this incident happened, nearby Shabwa. Clashes have been happening because there have been distrust between the two parties and they don't really, they actually try to compete over control over like government institutions, over key assets within the country, resources as well, such as oil and gas. So this has led to specific, uh, to an increase in tensions over the past year. Because both of the parties have ties to Saudi Arabia and UAE, thus Saudi Arabia intervened last year in November to broker this power sharing agreement between them. And this power sharing agreement helped reduce some tensions up until April of this year, which is when the STC tried to establish or proclaim itself as the main authority in the South and the interim capital, Adam. It had already done, it had already tried to invade Adan in August and it took control over the province. And then that's when the pressure agreement happened or was brokered. So this agreement has been on and off. It hasn't really been implemented. It didn't really uh, de-escalate tensions over the long term because the main underlying grievances remain. And the STC and the Hadi government still have these um, underlying tensions between them and these unresolved uh, issues. When the STC tried to proclaim itself as the main authority in the South in April, uh, this led to clashes in Abiyan province. And even though Saudi Arabia intervened again to broker uh, a renegotiation of that partial agreement of November 2019, the clashes have still been ongoing. And these clashes have often led to some tit-for-tat attacks in Shabwa and in Aden as well. And so this attack that has happened in Shabwa is, even though there's there's no evidence of any of any attack uh, of any attack or any perpetrator, and we don't really have a lot of indication as to who might be behind it or whether it is an attack in the first place, like Cormac mentioned, there is some form of, like I mentioned, competition over source resources in Yemen. And so Shabwa, as there's like two, the port, the oil port and the LNG port in Balhaf, and so. There's always there's always some form of tension there, and there has always been an attempt by the STC to undermine the government, and then by the government as well to reclaim its authority. And so this is the background of what's happening um, nearby in these southern provinces. Cormac, Ashley, thank you very much for the the background to this current situation. Obviously, Cormac has made the point that it's not been confirmed yet that this was an act of aggression. But it does appear to have all the hallmarks um, of an act of aggression and 
given what we've just heard from Ashley, there's obviously tensions in the area which might give rise to this sort of maritime security issue. Really, looking at this from the perspective of Shoreline's clients, can we offer them any comfort insofar as this may have been a targeted attack on one single vessel, or do we see this maybe as evolving into some sort of pattern, or what should they really be concerned with in terms of trading to the area? Do we anticipate delays for shipping in this area, or maybe an expansion of the HRA uh, war risk areas? I just don't know whether you have any thoughts from a practical perspective on how the this sort of high-profile, what appears to be a maritime security issue, how it might impact our client ship-owning operations. Probably back to you, Cormac, I think. I think the important thing for a ship owner or operator to realize when sending vessels into Yemen is to understand that it is a war risk area and each and every port in Yemen is going to be subject to different variations of that war risk. So to the immediate question, whether this is a new trend of attacks that we're about to see within Yemen's territorial waters, the short answer is is no. It's very unlikely that we're going to start seeing a frequent set of attacks on ships using mines or improvised devices on the Gulf of Aden coast of Yemen. If indeed this was an attack, and as Ashley said, I don't want to say the likely perpetrator, but I'll use the phrase the least unlikely perpetrator being the STC. Even if it was the STC, such an attack would much more likely be part of a calculated tit-for-tat tactic that is designed to have limited outcome in order to in order to influence negotiations and plays around legitimacy and control of territory and, and, and government government tools and kind of a proof behind that analysis would be that no one has really claimed a responsibility for this attack just yet if indeed it was an attack so again just to reiterate we don't expect there to be some big new trend of attacks on tankers of this nature on the gulf of aden coast but i'll go back to my first point that this is still a war risk zone And the fact that we're even talking about this incident is proof that it is a war risk zone where incidents can occur. And uh, again, there have been multiple incidents in the past over the last five years in the coast of Yemen. Incidents like this where it's been unclear who was responsible for it. It's been unclear what kind of tactics that were used. For example, in 2016 in the Babel Mandeb, the tanker Muskie was attacked by an RPG. It was never 100% confirmed who was behind that. There's a general agreement within the maritime security world that it was Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. However, that was never confirmed. And indeed, this week, a lot of people have been talking about Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and potentially even an Islamic State being behind this attack. I think I can bring some comfort to ship owners and operators that we assess that it was very unlikely that either of those actors could have been behind this particular incident on the Sierra, largely because of the development of those two organizations within Yemen over the past four years. They have uh, lost a lot of territorial control and capability that they would have had on the coast just a few years ago. And that's why we would assess that any threat actor in this area would more likely be related to the more the more prominent threat actors, such as the Southern Transition and Council. And to reinforce that point of how complex Yemen is, if you are sending your vessel into the Red Sea coast, for example, 
you're going to be coming up against a threat from the Houthis. And that's going to be very different to what you're facing when you're coming into the Gulf of Aden coast of Yemen. And of course, this is happening within the broader kind of Horn of Africa, Arabian Peninsula, Gulf region, where we talked about on a previous podcast, Tom, when we analyzed the attacks in the Strait of Hormuz last year, which importantly, we don't assess to be related to what happened this week, you saw a similar development in terms of nobody actually claimed responsibility for the attacks in the Strait of Hormuz, but we could very easily link it to the more complex geopolitical developments in the region. And my advice to ship owners and operators, in short, is when you're going into Yemen, understand the threats specific to your vessel in the specific port. If you're going to Mukalla, for example, it's going to be a very different situation to what you're facing in Hodieda, for example. There's a lot of restrictions that a vessel will face going in. For example, there are effectively blockades in place, ostensibly to prevent the import of illegal weapons into the country. But these blockades can result in delays if you're not prepared for them, if you don't have the correct licenses from these blockading agencies, as well as the UN, you may face security problems as well as delays going into Yemeni ports. And indeed, some of those ports are going to have very real security issues if you're not prepared. Hadeida on the Red Sea coast is perhaps the most prominent of those ports where the Houthi uh, movement is in control of the port. So again, just to reiterate, my advice to owners and operators is to gain a proper understanding of the threat in each port within Yemen before sending your vessel and your crew in there. And armed with that understanding, a crew can implement relatively easy measures to mitigate potential threats. So for example, going into the area where this happened at Al-Nashima, if a crew is armed with the understanding that an event like this may occur, they can understand that certain measures can be taken, such as increased watches, outboard lighting at night, just some uh, minimal measures that can be taken that could have prevented some kind of device being planted on the ship or a boat approaching the ship within a too close for comfort zone. And that's important because it means you don't have to overreact. You don't have to uh, go in uh, armed to the teeth to protect your vessel, quite the opposite. And importantly, it means that you can do business in Yemen if you understand the operating environment. So while it is a war risk zone, there is opportunity to be had there and it doesn't have to be a no-go zone necessarily. I don't know if, Ashley, you'd like to add anything to what Cormac has said on the ground there in in the Middle East. Yeah, uh, specifically in terms of Yemen, uh, uh, controllers has always mentioned that within the southern provinces, we have always mentioned that companies should always monitor groups and actors such as just tribal fighters or even the STC, uh, their attempts to disrupt oil experts. So there's always more oil um, and gas facilities in general. So there's always this this risk to foreign companies. But as Cormac mentioned, uh, knowing the risks and knowing specifically which area uh, has which uh, Muslim groups or which tension happens where that definitely differs between the provinces. And within Yemen, at least, there's there are some provinces that are relatively less security-wise, at least they're not as risky as others, where the, most of the battles are happening, such as Ma'rib or Jauf or these uh, northern provinces where there's a Houthi battles. And so... It's always definitely good to know the distances between these provinces and to know that there's always there's always a motive for the attacks. And usually when when it's in the south, these could, could be tribal fighters, for example, who have an interest in uh, gaining any benefits to, let's say, oil and gas or other foreign company, let's say, like just 
work there in the provinces. And so these are likely perpetrators for any violence, for example, or any attacks. But this remains also pretty uh, rare or not as frequent in southern provinces where it's not really as risky to businesses or foreign businesses who do not really engage with or engage in provinces where there's a lot of fighting. So that's basically varying what Cormac was saying in terms of knowing where the provinces or the risks or the ports even are and where whether there's a difference between them and whether there's any any perpetrator that is likely to uh, target specific interests or specific type of sector client. Fascinating. Obviously, we're dealing with a very fluid situation here in this part of the world. It doesn't feel like shipping's getting any safer anytime soon, but the fact that you guys have been willing to jump on a call this quickly and provide expert feedback and advice to Shoreline's clients is very much appreciated. We'll certainly be monitoring this maritime security situation in the Yemeni waters and the area of the Gulf of Aden with a great deal of interest. And if we have cause to revisit this going forward, we'll be sure to give the experts a call once again. So it just leaves it for me to say thank you very much again from Shoreline to to Control Risks for the expert input from Cormac McGarry and Ashley Halibi. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. We'd like to thank the show's sponsor, Maritime Insurance Solutions Limited. The world and life at sea is changing on a daily basis. Shipping companies and owners are facing evolving threats from political risk to increased maritime cyber risk. Shoreline has the maritime insurance answers you need to make sure your company is covered when crisis strikes. Shoreline are providers of specialist maritime cybercrime and crisis response insurance policies. To learn more about these specialist covers, visit www.shoreline.bn today.